0: Welcome to the Perspectives with Catherine Toon podcast. Well, hello, everybody. We're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is about God as the person of love, specifically from the perspective of retreating into love. And I'll explain what that means in just a bit, but I'm recording on Mother's Day for those of you who are listening to this way afterwards. Maybe you'll intersect me, uh, next year on Mother's Day, but I thought I would go out of my way, even though you're not, um, uh, getting this on Mother's Day probably just to bless everyone with who are mothers, uh, bless everyone who is hurting because maybe they're missing their mom. Uh, maybe they're estranged from their mother. Maybe they're estranged from their children. Uh, maybe there's been miscarriages or deaths of children um, or never being able to bear children. You know, that mother heart is a heart that extends uh, past natural children and uh, children living on this side of heaven. And, you know, God has a very, very tender place, and it's not a small place. It's a huge place for mothers. It's a, it's one of the hardest jobs. I think it is the hardest job, quite frankly. Um, and it's a job that is often thankless, or it's a job that's often taken for granted. Uh, it's a job that's not remunerated. Um, it's a job that involves so many different areas. No wonder women are multitaskers because we really have to be. (laughs) And, you know, so many moms are exhausted and, um, maybe discouraged and, uh, bewildered at trying to figure out, oh my goodness, what do I do with this? Parenting is not for wimps and particularly, um, mothering. So I just want to honor mothers. I want to honor my mother and grandmother who are both in heaven. Um, You know, everything's, uh, I, I'm so grateful for them. I, I actually still feel uh, their presence, not in a creepy way or an unscriptural way, because the cloud of witnesses is very present um, and is a membrane away. If they're in Christ and I'm in Christ, we're in Christ together. And that extends beyond the natural realm and the realm of death as we know it. And, you know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for, uh, what they passed along to me, uh, intentionally or unintentionally. And, um, and I just want to honor all those who are mothers and I want to honor the children of mothers who, uh, want to honor their mothers or maybe missing their mothers. So, um, there we go. So we're going to dive into retreating into love. And, you know, Life is confusing. Has anybody been confused recently? <laughs> um, there's so many different uh things that you know there there's a scripture that says, you know, the, the basically I'm 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 not saying it verbatim, but basically the first argument seems right until you hear the second argument, right? And so there's a lot of confusion going around and conflicting opinions and who is right and what is right and all of this, and you know, on top of that you know, uh, life is rugged. I mean, we're hurting, we're grieving, we're weary, we're discouraged, we're anxious, we're oppressed. We have areas of bondage. Um, and if you're not, we'll praise God and more power to you. Um, chances are you're going to bump into one of those at some point. Uh, but we all need a safe place of retreat. Even if you're just tired, if you're doing the right things and you're just tired, naturally tired in your body, Jesus was tired in his physical body uh, and needed a place to retreat. And where did he retreat? He retreated to his father. That was his place of rest. That was his place of um, of being recharged. That was his place of provision. That was his place of wisdom. That was his place of guidance. That was his place of comfort. That was his place of restoration. That was his place where he could shake off the dust and death of the world And the arrows that were constantly being slung at him and come into a place of uh, peace and wholeness. So him making that a priority, ding to ding ding, as as a man in the flesh, uh, in sinless flesh, we'll say, uh, but still in the flesh as experiencing what it is to be human, uh, the good, the bad, the indifferent, and needing refreshment from his source, his father, being dependent upon his father in Holy Spirit. And um, and then how much more is that something that we need? We are one with God, but we need times of intentional refreshment. We need times when we retreat back into love. And, you know, I recently um, I was just having a period where I was tired and just um, somewhat discouraged and uh, some, and somewhat weary and just kind of feeling beaten down and, you know, it happens. And, um, so, you know, and I was like, Lord, what, what do I do about this? And he, he led me to kind of a, a discipline and I, and I'm, I'm big into the disciplines as you're led to do them. That is really refreshing me of just, just intentional prayer, intentional journaling, intentional contemplation, um, you know, early in the morning for me, I'm a morning person. That may not be you, and that's okay. If it's not, um, just to help refresh me and recharge me and redirect me. It's like, well, okay, so where are we going now? What are we doing? What's the program that I'm getting on? What's your program that I'm hopping on with you? Um, you know, I'm not asking him to like, well, I'm coming up with my own bright idea. Bless it, Jesus. No, I'm I'm going where where he's leading, which is intrinsically blessed, right? And so that's retreating to the place of love because God is love. That's his, it's not just an attribute. Um, it is actually his substance is his identity. He's love, light and truth um, and life. And that's who he is. And so retreating back to love means going back to the source of all things. You know, God's God never runs dry. He never gets, um, you know, exhausted. He never gets, oh, okay, I'm just kind of done with this. I mean, the lights do not dim in heaven, uh, because we're struggling with so much darkness on earth. And, you know, we've just really pulled one over that he's not exactly sure how he, how he's going to get out of or get us out of and all of that. And so, um, we're treating back to that place where it's always fresh and always, uh, new and always creative and always expansive and always full of possibilities and always positive and always full of hope and always uplifting, always healing. He's always wavering. God doesn't waver. He's always himself. Uh, he's never not sure of himself. He's never not quite sure uh what to do. He's never not quite sure how to lead you. Uh, he's never not quite sure how to get you out of the mess that you may or may not have created And so retreating back to love is retreating back to the place of your first love, is retreating back to the place of your ultimate identity in him, in the image and likeness of love. And this is where you start to resonate with who you are and how you're made exquisitely in his image and likeness, um, but in your flavor that looks like you. And you get to learn about yourself and new things about yourself that you may not have known. Um, And they're all good, by the way, if you haven't known things about yourself, about your true identity, you know, there's things in our false identity our shadow side, whatever, you know, shadows aren't real, but they can have an effect. And so when I say a shadow side, I mean, a false identity that you're operating out of that does not look like your original design. So if you're created in the image and likeness of love, uh, of light, of truth, of life, anything that is not of love, that is false or a lie, that is death, uh that is darkness, that's not you. And so we're learning, right? So I wanted to minister today. Oh my goodness, this is such a heady. Uh we're going to head into the song of Solomon. This is the headiest chap, the headiest book in the Bible. When I mean heady, I mean intoxicating. Uh, you know, some of when, when the canon was being, uh, gathered together, this is one of those books that we're not quite so sure of because it seemed in some ways, uh, really sexual. And, you know, God made sex. I mean, the sex was something that God created and he said it was good, but his version was pure. And it was between a man and a woman. It wasn't lustful. It wasn't about taking. It was about giving, and the um, the ecstatic joy of union um, that is pure and 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 naked and undefiled, right? Pure, naked, and unashamed, right? And so um, there's kind of that thing, but there's also, I think, even more so than that. Because God doesn't blush about sex. We're the ones that are weird with it. We're, we're the ones that have been led into perversion, uh, by the kingdom of darkness, right? You know, God takes God, God creates powerful things. And if, if the enemy attacks it so violently, that means it's really powerful in its right expression. And so, you know, sex is a really powerful thing between a husband and wife, uh, one you know, just one husband, just one wife uh in in the context obviously of marriage of their husband and wife, and in this bonding together to weather something that has eternal merit that's so eternal in its um nature that it's reflective of Christ in the church, which is a mystery, Paul said, and it is a mystery, and so it's a big deal, so the enemy, the kingdom of darkness likes to pervert things that are powerful. So sex has been incredibly perverted. I mean, hijack between porn and just all the perversions that are going on, all the lust that's going on, all the abuse that's going on. And then, you know, power games and blah, blah, blah. It's a mess Um with the sex trade industry and all of it. It's all, it's really messed up. Right. And then, but you know, other powerful things, money, Okay, Um, money is meant to be something for good. It's meant to prosper and be a blessing. But where it's abused and used um, as a a, as a as a, a power to oppress some and and make elites of others and blah blah blah, that's a perversion. So you know there there are lots of good things that God meant to bring for life that the enemy has perverted, and we in our fallenness have just you know floated down that like dead fishies and it's just not a good thing but that's also healable so I, I i'm saying all this in the context of the song of solomon because it is an incredibly exquisitely beautiful uh book of the bible about the romance of christ and his church uh and it's the place of pure love that is not ashamed of maybe a sexual component but there's nothing there's no shame in it okay So let's go to Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verses 10 through 15. It says, The one I love calls to me. This would be Jesus calling to you. Arise, my dearest. Hurry, my darling or my fair one. Come away with me. I have come as you have asked to draw you to my heart and lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. The season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended. And the season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth and left it bright with blossoming flowers. The season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. I hear the cooing of our doves in the land, filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. Can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers, whispers, There is change in the air. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful are your eyes of worship and lovely your voice in prayer. You must catch the troubling foxes, those shy little foxes, for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I have planted with you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. So this is a romantic call, uh, this pure Romance of the heart, heart to heart. I'm calling you my beautiful one. This is Christ's cry for his bride, for the church, because we're so dang busy and we're so dang distracted and we're so um easily, uh easily led away by so many things. And they're not necessarily bad things. Some of them are things that are bad. It refers to little foxes that destroy the vine. These are things, these are things that small things that the enemy is doing to undermine that you just want to um prune out, right? Or maybe these are our own attitudes, you know, bitterness or um or our unforgiveness or resentment or judgment or pride or these things that may start as small things that you that you that eat away at something precious. And so, you know, when we when we are, we need to be aware of what we're thinking. So when there are thoughts that are not in line with what God is saying, we prune those puppies out early on because the more you think on them, the harder they are to prune out. But I love the way he says it's kind of funny. I'm I'm skipping all the way to the end. Uh and then we'll go back to the beginning. It says, um uh, you must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes. These are sneaky things that come in to rob. They're bad attitudes, or maybe they're bad habits that are starting to set in there that would lead to bondage or self-destructive ways of being. For they raid our budding vineyard of love. Love is all about um uh God's highest good for you, is all about the other. God is all about you. He's completed himself, so he's all about you he doesn't need us to fluff and buff him but he does want our worship and our in our praise and our prayers why because those are connecting points where we're actually relating to him engaging with him in relationship and then he asks you a question will you catch them for for uh, will you catch them and remove them from me so catch those thoughts that come in to devour something precious uh catch those thoughts that come in to uh eat away at the pure and holy ways things that violate love catch those right and remove them just cast it out and i love that he says we will do it together so you do nothing by yourself so he's gonna say oh honey you know that thought yeah that needs to go and i can either say well you know everybody thinks that way or well you know really i was justified because of blah 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 blah." i can do that which will be another fox to get rid of or i can say right okay help me get rid of it right and what am I supposed to be thinking of? Right. All of those things. That is kind of funny. I started at the end, but that'll work. Um, so let's, let's unpack this some more. So he says, um, in verse 10, the one I love calls to me, arise, my dearest. So this is Jesus calling to you, arise, my dearest. What does he think of you? You are so dear to him, right? My darling or fair one. Uh, The notes on this is the Hebrew word for fullness or complete. He calls us a complete one. You know what? You're not missing anything. You know, this sense that you're not enough. Well, that's a lie. Now, you know, there are things that maybe in as you're engaging with kind of the fallen version of yourself or a dark version of yourself, which is not really who you are. Yeah, well, that's not complete, but that's not who you are because the Bible says you're complete in him. So he's calling you complete. And he says, come away with me. Um, I have come as you have asked to draw you to my heart and lead you out. So this coming away with God, what does that mean? That means engaging with him. That means putting aside all the worries and the cares of this life, all the problems that you have, all the concerns that you have, all the you know, just the burdens that you carry, it's like, oh, just put it aside, come away with him. Because a lot of times, you know, we're so focused, like, I can't, I've got to solve this and to be okay. And he's like, well, if you will come away with me and realize that I'm bigger than that thing, either that thing will be put in perspective. I'll give you ways of dealing with it. I'll give you ways of moving through it. We'll just conquer it together, whatever it is, but he's bigger than whatever you got going on. And so he's wooing your heart, right? Come away with me. I've asked you. I have come as you have asked. So, you know, how many times like Jesus help, right? Was well, like, okay, I'm here. You know, and a lot of times we're like, Jesus help. It's like, I've, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> so we need to awaken, right? We get, we get, we get kind of, um, hard and clueless and blind. And so he's just wooing your heart to awaken you. It says to draw you to my heart and lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. How does he see you? You're beautiful. You are beautiful. There's nothing you are. The Bible says you're altogether. Well, it says he's altogether lovely. And just guess what? You're created in this image and likeness. So of course you're altogether lovely, right? It says the season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended and the season of hiding is over and gone see our barren winters, these are places where it's felt like everything's dead. It's felt like everything's stripped, that everything, that nothing's alive. And there's a bondage in that, right? Um, So, and, and we all go through seasons of that stuff happens. And it's like, oh my God. I mean, I remember seasons of just feeling so dead inside and just dark. And I just like, I, just have to trust you that there's something on the other side of this. And you know what? There was, right? Um, and the season of hiding is over and gone. Why do we hide? We hide because there's danger. We hide because we think there's danger. We hide because of shame. And man, he wants to strip that puppy off of you. Um, no hiding. You can come out. It is safe. It is, uh, it is, it is, it um, is, it is spacious and you're enough. He says you're complete and you're not shameful. Now if there's things that you've done that are shameful. You need to receive his forgiveness and forgive yourself and let him strip off that shame. But that season of hiding, you don't need to hide. Um, you know, Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed. So they were complete. And they didn't feel naked, right? They just felt like there's nothing about me that's shameful that I need to hide. Um, the rains have, have soaked the earth. That means the earth is ready to spring forth fruitfulness. Well, you know, your earth, your heart, you know, the Bible likens our hearts to earth. And when we're dry and crusty, it means that we've not allowed God to water us which is why he's saying, come away. When you come away with God, he waters the soil of your heart so that it can spring forth living things, fruitfulness, right? You know, a dry earth does not produce plants and trees and berries and fruits and all those things. If your heart is dry earth, it needs to be watered. It needs to be um uh having that life-giving water. Another, you know, Um A metaphor for Holy Spirit is water, right? And so there's rains that waters, Holy Spirit watering your heart to help make it, bring it to life and make it fruitful. And it says the rains have soaked the earth and left it with bright blossoming flowers. What beauty, you know, I think I love about flowers and there's a purpose to them. Obviously there, it's about pollination and reproduction, that kind of thing for the plant, but they're just beautiful. God didn't have to make everything so beautiful. You know, it's interesting. Uh, some of the pollinators are actually really attracted to, to odors that are like rotten meat. Okay. <laughs> I'm laughing because not everything had to smell beautiful, right? To get the job done of like reproduction for the plants. But he made them beautiful. And he made them smell amazing with the exception of a few really strange plants. <laughs> and... All over the earth, you see, there are mountain ranges that are full of blossoms that no human eye will ever see, but God is extravagant in his beauty. He clothes the earth with beauty that maybe no human eye will see, but they're an expression of his beauty. And you may call that wasteful and God just calls it extravagant, right? He's beautiful. The season for singing and pruning of vines has arrived. So you sing when you're happy. You know, I was talking to someone and I do a lot of coaching and she just had one session She goes, I found, wow, after my session, I just kept on humming. I never, I, I, I've hummed in the past, but there, but you know, I hum when there's joy in my heart and I didn't realize I was humming until people were saying, wow, you're humming again. She's like, right. Something happened. I guess some rains had soaked her heart just with one little coaching session to remind her, to awaken her. And it's, you know, we sing when we're happy. Um, And the pruning of vines, what does that do? That means a vine is set up to be pr- fruitful, right? So say a grapevine. Well, to make it more fruitful, oh, you're so fruitful. We're going to make you more fruitful. You prune it. So pruning, if God is pruning in your life, it's not necessarily that you've done something wrong. It's like you're doing something so right. Let's make it even better, Right. Um, I hear the cooing of doves in the land, that's peace, that's Holy Spirit in the land who coos over you, filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. You know, there's something about spring, it awakens something in us, you know, unless we're just kind of um dead to it or whatever, and or oblivious to it, but it awakens something. It's like, oh, yes, you know, I was listening to the birds this morning, and I was like trying to figure out their bird calls. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember in fifth grade, Mrs. Segrist, bless her heart, had us, had us memorize bird calls. Well, I apparently I wasn't paying attention. I didn't remember any of these bird calls, but I was just listening to the birds outside and I was like, what is that bird? Oh, there was a black capped chickadee that was doing their and it was just such a beautiful luring and awakening, right? And all the bird song and all that uh, is an awakening and that fragrances awaken. Um, and it's beautiful. And when the doves coo, it's soothing and beautiful, and it's a call a one call of the a dove to another, its beloved, and the Holy Spirit is cooing to you, calling to you. Uh, His slash her beloved filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you. So, you know, we were saying like, Jesus, where are you? Show me what to do. It's like, settle down, retreat back to love. It's that place where that you will be awakened, healed and brought to life restored and guided forth and it says can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you well you know if you're not discerning it ask the lord for eyes to see like god i'm not seeing it i'm not discerning it i feel nothing Okay. Well, take your nothing to God. God is a way of making nothings into somethings. God, I'm retreating back to you. I am sensing nothing. I am seeing nothing, um, as a sign, as, as, as a new day of destiny. I'm not seeing anything. Open my eyes. And, you know, there's a prayer in Ephesians one that says, enlighten the eyes of my understanding. That's your imagination to know the hope of your calling, the glories of the riches of the inheritance in the saints and your mighty power towards us. This is talking to Holy Spirit to give you eyes to see, to give you an imagination that links up with God's imagination, not the imagination of the enemy, like That's one of the little foxes that you need to drop kick. Okay. But the imagination of God, where there's possibility, where there's growth, where there's Purposes and plans bursting forth, a destiny breaking forth around you. The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. You know, when you, when you are growing, sometimes you get discouraged because you just, like, I'm so, I've got so much to do. I've not, like, I'm so, it's like this huge mountain of, well, okay, like, join the club because, you know, it's a mountain for all of us because uh, our ultimate destiny is to be conformed to the image of Christ. And I'll come find you when I arrive. But the bottom line is you can look and see where, how far you have come. When you start to get discouraged, look at how far you have come. Because do you not discern the discern the new day of destiny breaking forth around you? There's stuff that you have done and there's more that wants to birth forward based on how, how far Holy Spirit has brought you so far forth so far the early signs of purposes and plans are bursting forth the early signs these are the little bits of grass that are peeking forth the little crocuses in the snow they're going poof i'm here you know these are early but they're they're huge and they're bursting forth and it's all around and you need eyes to see and if you don't have eyes to see ask for eyes to see okay it says the fragrance of their flowers whispers there is change in the air. See, a fragrance is a subtle thing. Oh, I mean, some fragrances bowl you over. Okay, I get it. But it's it's the, the fragrance of flowers that whisper. So this is a faint scent. You know, when you get a little scent of lilac, you're like, oh, man, that's so good, right? Um, and it says there's change in the air. What is that change? There's new life bursting forth from what seemed barren uh, and desolate and, and stripped and, and dead, there's something new that's bursting forth, right? And it says, arise, my love. Okay. So maybe we have, we're like bowed, bowed down or weighed down. And he says, look up and arise. My love. He's the, you're the one he loves. And this is not a selfish love that wants to use you and wants to make you a servant or take advantage of you. No, this is a love that gives to you and is wooing your heart. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion. You know, he looks at you as his companion. Uh, because why he, he, this is God was made, made flesh. He became human. So one of, one of the titles of Jesus is, is, is a friend. He's our, he's our friend. He's our elder brother. He knows what it means to be human. And he thinks our humanity is beautiful and wants to heal our broken humanity, but not all humanity is broken, right? It says, arise, my love, my beautiful companion and run with me Let's just not, you know what, let's run to a beautiful place and run with me to the higher place. Don't drag your feet. Don't make me drag you. He's not going to drag you, but run with me. It's like, this is life. Run up to the higher place for now is the time to arise and come away with me. me. This is retreating back to love. Come away with the one that loves you, that will heal what Ever is off, is wrong, is dead, is broken, is perverted, is twisted, is dark. Is pick a card, any card, right? Now is the time to arise and come away with me. Why is this? For you are my dove. How does he look at you as a dove? A dove is a beautiful bird. That's fragile. You know, it's it's not an eagle that's ripping apart flesh. No, it's it's a dove that's that's fragile and beautiful and coos. And he looks at his dove and it's precious and it's beautiful and it's complete. And it says hidden in the split open rock. Well, what does he mean by that? Um, hidden in the split, you're hidden in him. Uh, uh, Jesus Christ is called the rock and he split himself open. Um, so that he, that you would, would be in him and protected. He's your place of shelter in storm. He's your place of shelter when you need healing, um, it was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. You know, um, this is where using that imagery uh of Jacob and the ladder. And when Jacob laid his head back on the rock and he had this vision of angels ascending and descending on the ladder, what the heck is that? to have it. Well, the, Jesus Christ is the ladder. He's the way. Uh, uh, that he, he's the king of heaven and you're in him and you climb that, that you can, I don't want to say you're climbing because that makes it sound like you have to strive to get there, but is, it's a way of ascending and he brings you any, he, and he woos you up higher in him. So you're his dove hidden in the split open rock. You know, this is, uh, reminiscent of, of, uh, when Abraham said, you know, God, show me your glory. And, you know, and, and God showed you his goodness. He said, I will make my, my goodness pass before you. That's his glory is his goodness. And he hid Abraham on the rock because he had to be in Christ to be able to see God, right? And to see his goodness, right? Um, and it's reminiscent of that. He says, let me see your radiant face. So your face is beautiful. It's radiant. Another, Word for glory is radiance. So you, you literally emanate glory and he sees your glory because he gave you his glory. And we are one with the king of glory and you're in the image and likeness of glory. So your face is radiant and hear your sweet voice. Now, I know some of us have grading voices or whatever. This is not about like skill sets. Okay. Um, this is because your voice is sweet. You know why? Because it's yours and you're speaking and he's hearing you speak and what you say matters. And he hears how beautiful are your eyes of worship? You know, when you look to God and, and you start to look at him in love because he loved you first and you love him back. It bowls them over when you look at someone you love. And that could be even uh, like a pet And you look in their eyes, it's beautiful and they love you. You know, the one I think about dogs uh, is that they just think you're the best thing ever. Like, you know, you may have just acted like the worst. I mean, like done horrendous things and they look at you and they're always love you. Always happy to see you. They always have those eyes. And it's such a gift to us because, because they're a gift, you know, of unconditional love. And you look in their little eyes and they just love you. Well that's a gift to you and I I've I've heard uh so many people who've been so shut down with God maybe they've had a religious upbringing and just incredible brokenness and you know and they're so turned off by religion or just so disappointed or disillusioned with life or whatever and then God ministered to them through an animal ha huh. he showed himself through one of his creations through a dog or a horse or a cow or I've heard all these things or or kittens or whatever that God just I'll, I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there. And and so he's looking with his eyes and he's looking at your eyes and your eyes are beautiful. Uh and it says and lovely your voice in prayer. You know you may suck at prayer but you know just talking to him is prayer. It's engagement and oh That's my, that's my daughter. That's my son. And it's just lovely to him because it's of you. And then he says, you must catch the troubling foxes. These are the things that destroy, um, that are sly and destroy things that are precious. Um, for they raid our budding vineyard of love, right? And this is not creepy love. So that's God's love is never creepy okay to ruin what i planted within you will you catch and remove them for me that's an invitation you know he's not ordering you to catch them god does not command uh god um god asks and 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 is is looking for your response right but he doesn't control he doesn't dominate right and says will you remove them for it? we will do it together Because all those troubling foxes in your life, you do it together. You do nothing by yourself. At least you should do nothing by yourself. And if you're finding you're toiling, you're doing stuff by yourself. So retreat back to love so that you're not toiling. So if they're little foxes, you're removing them together, right? You do nothing. And look towards the one who loved you and gave himself up for you. That was so unwilling to do without you that not only... Did he come in the flesh and suffer all the things in his human flesh? Every temptation that we have suffered, every trial that we have suffered, he's experienced mystically somehow within his body as humanity and yielding to the cross that we insisted on putting him on and yielding to the tortures that we insisted on putting him through. Um, and the shame and the all of it and becoming sin for us and dying as a human for humanity and being raised as a human being in glorified form. And that is the love that you're one with. That's the love that you're retreating back to. And that's where you will find your life. Anyway, I hope this has been a blessing for you today. Share this with someone who needs it. I know someone out there needs it. So share it with someone who needs it. Love you guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.